Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Welcome to the second series of the Olive Magazine Vegan Podcast. I'm Janine, Deputy Editor and Podcast Host, and each week I'll be joined by an expert to take a dive into a specialist plant-based subject. This week I'm learning how to make brilliant celebration food that everyone can enjoy. Okay, I'm delighted today to welcome Bettina Campolucci-Bordi. Bettina is a plant-based chef, founder of Bettina's Kitchen and author of three books, Happy Food, Seven Day Vegan Challenge, and her newest book, which is Celebrate Plant-Based Recipes for Every Occasion, which sounds fantastic. I've actually had a sneak peek of it, Bettina, and it's a lovely book. So well done on that. Yay. Thank you so much for having me. Just tell us briefly, what what was the inspiration behind the book? Um, I think I love following the seasons. I also realized that during all our big celebrations like Christmas, Easter and birthday parties, I guess it's slightly different than what it used to be because a lot of family members have food preferences or might have allergies or sort of might have done a lifestyle change. And so rather than having to cook lots of different things, I wanted to be able to sort of be inclusive and where you have sort of dishes to choose from that everyone can enjoy regardless of their food preference and still feel like they're celebrating and still still feel like they're eating something indulgent and comforting and over the top but sort of uh in as, as much of it in season as possible but also sort of heroing uh, plant-based foods <laughs> and i guess especially the the year and a half we've just had the idea of celebrating is is like it's on the menu again because before it was like well you can't really celebrate because you can't celebrate with anybody and now suddenly we're allowed to be in a room with people again so exactly it's a great thing for that yeah, yeah it's so nice and you know you know speak speaking of the last 18 months it was it was quite difficult to write a book about celebrations 
during mm-hmm. the time that we've been through. Um, I just thought in the beginning that it would be great because I'll just have lots of people over. <laughs> but it was the exact <laughs> opposite. So I'm definitely ready to celebrate now. And I think I think we all are. Yeah. How much does your background inform your cooking? Because I was reading that you've got this really, you had this amazing upbringing. So you've got a Norwegian father, a Bulgarian and Danish mother, but you spent a lot of your childhood in Tanzania yes. and then Denmark, which is quite eclectic. Yes, it's a, <laughs> it's, it's a big mix. So yeah, I spent my first 11 years in Tanzania in East Africa and my next sort of 11 years in Sweden. However, my passport's Danish to complicate things even further. So my, my citizenship is Danish. Um, and I used to travel a lot as a kid. So, and I, you know, I used to travel a lot (laughs) 18 months ago, uh, as well for work. So, uh, everything sort of influences my cooking, my childhood, my grandmother's, my holidays that we used to go on. It's sort of all enveloped into, into, into my cooking, into, and into my recipes. And I suppose I don't have a formal chef's training I Mm. consider myself more a cook so I think it gives me more freedom to experiment with flavor flavors and maybe perhaps not follow (laughs) rules which gives me a bit more freedom to sort of play around talking of rules um if people are planning to have a big party or a celebration it can be quite daunting especially when you've got like a guest list that you know exceeds four people yes have you got any tips for people that that are listening that could sort of help them to get started or help them to be prepared for for doing something like that? A hundred percent. I think there's so many things that you can make ahead. So a lot of the recipes in the book, you can sort of do 80% of the work ahead of time, even a day before, so that all you need to do is, is, is cook the dish um, as and when your guests arrive or just before so that you have a lot more freedom to spend time with the people that you that you like um rather than standing in the kitchen and 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 preparing food so a lot of these recipes are definitely make ahead ones and i i also think that um there's not many ingredients so short ingredients lists even mm. for things that you know during christmas there's there's so much <laughs> cooking that uh gets done but there's lots of things that you can pre-prepare prepare ahead and where there's a limited amount of ingredients there's a there's a pea fritter recipe here if you've got a bag of peas all of a sudden you can just create um yeah. canapes and finger foods in in sort of uh, in a matter of very short time mm. let's talk about some celebration meals and how you can bring some of that plant-based magic to them you talked before about that you're a big champion of vegetables. And I know that I think you you favour vegetables over the, the kind of um, meat replacement products that are out there. Is that is that true? Definitely. Uh, I mean, I know that there's a market for those and I, I'm completely non-judgmental towards people that um, eat them. <laughs> However, I prefer to find different solutions. And I think texture is one of those things where you can use a lot of texture and flavors um, through whole foods. So I use things like whole grains and nuts and seeds and herbs and spices to sort of create different 
uh, flavor combinations and textures. So there's there's a lot that you can do uh, mm -hmm. in terms of that. So there's a taco mince, which I make with sunflower seeds. Um, there's a, like a take on nut roast, but with less oh. nuts, more vegetables, um, but with also lots of uh, textures uh, throughout uh, the recipe. And, and that's sort of a common theme in, in the book. So does the taco mince is made, it doesn't have, say, uh, texture of vegetable protein in it. It's just, it's just all veggie it's stuff. It's just all veggie stuff. So I don't use any sort of, um, what did you just say? <laughs> the textured. T TVP. <laughs> yes. TVP. I don't classic. use any of that. Vegan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't use any of that in my, in my cooking and never have. Um, and maybe, I don't know why, it's just, um, when I started cooking plant-based, I, I, I lived in Spain and the, the way that I would sort of source everything was just to go to the food market and see what was in season and mm. then use what, whatever was around me. And that's just something that's stayed on. Um, mm. and I, I prefer to do that. One thing I was thinking is that people, especially, you know, big occasions like Easter and Christmas, they're like a thing, like a big thing, you know, to have in the middle of the table. So classically, turkey at Christmas, a joint of lamb at Easter. What kind of vegetables can kind of play that role as the the main event? Oh my gosh. So in the Easter chapter, I've got a giant marrow and it's <laughs> stuffed with lots of delicious <laughs> things. And it's one of those things that you see in sort of food markets and go, what am I going to do with that? However, it's brilliant because it's um, it's perfect for stuffing. And if you slow mm. roast that in the oven and you can even, so in the recipe, you even tie it up so that all the stuffing sort of stays inside mm. and it becomes nice and soft and succulent on the inside and nice and crispy on the outside, you know, as you would do with a lamb. And it's a brilliant sort of centerpiece and it looks quite impressive. The same thing with yeah. Christmas. I've got a uh, plant roast rather than nut roast because the majority <laughs> of it is, <laughs> is vegetable based. Um, I've got a pavlova wreath, which looks quite impressive, which mm -hmm. I make with aquafaba, which is the uh, uh, chickpea water residue mm -hmm. that you get from chickpea cans. Um, there's a spring pie. So that it's just a it's just a celebration of colors and textures and things that are in season. And it's about sort of tweaking your thinking because we're so used to doing things in one way. It's just opening mm. up that door to uh, more options, I think. Yeah, love it. Um, one thing I liked as well that you do, and you, you, I think I'm paraphrasing you here, you said you like to have lots of different textures and flavors when you're eating. Um, so there's a couple of things which I think is a great idea, which are, which are feasts. So you have like your tortilla feast, which I think you probably use your your um, your taco mince yes. in. And then you've got a Korean feast as well. Tell us a bit about that and wh why that's great for a kind of sharing spread. I think it's just because I'm greedy. <laughs> I'm one of those people, I can't just have one dish in the restaurant. Um, I'm, I've got to sort of have quite a few different dishes because that just gives you an opportunity to try loads more. Um, and it's just the way I like eating. And again, it's it's all about pre-preparation. So a lot of those elements in the feasts, you can pre-prepare. And all you need to do is either reheat it, cook it as your guests arrive. Um, and then all of a sudden, you've got this amazing feast in front of you. Um, and again, it's about 
textures. So with the Korean feast, you pile everything up on a nori sheet. So you've got rice and gojujang, cauliflower, and you've got um, a slaw. Um, and you can also use uh, baby gem lettuce cups. And that's the same thing with the tortilla feast. You've got all of these flavors coming through, which makes plant-based food much more tasty. Yeah. And also, if you think about something like, you know, a tortilla or taco, like the guacamole, the pickled onions, um, the salad, a lot of it is is naturally vegan anyway. And then you've just got your one meat element, haven't you? So actually, a lot of the the cuisines that we eat are naturally would lend themselves towards that style of eating. Exactly. That's such a good point. So what about if we were having a party? What sort of things can we bring in? Like, you know, nibbles, sort of... Um, it, um, party food, things that you can pick up and eat, kind of canapes. I mean, do people still eat finger food? I guess. I hope. I really hope so. I'm a child. Yeah, I'm a child of the '80s, <laughs> yeah. so I love all of all of that type of stuff. And you know, if you if you look through, flick through the book, you'll see there's a chapter called Dinner at Mine, um, and there's this brilliant um, sweet leek tahini dip. And you line the herbed crostinis on the side of the plate and you sort of take a crostini and then you work yourself inwards like and just sort of take scoop. a big dollop. Yeah, yeah, you scoop a big dollop nice. of um, uh, leek and tahini and then uh, gobble, gobble it all up. And things like the pea and mint fritters. I'm mm. a big fan of mayonnaise. So there's lots of, <laughs> there's lots of mayonnaise-based dips in the book. Uh, little chickpea fritters again can be pre-made so there's lots of these oh there's um these smashed new potatoes that are really crispy with uh like an oat creme fraiche mm. topping so yeah lots of things that you can sort of so, nibble so on. you're taking are you ta you're kind of taking things that you remember from like you said from your childhood and like recreating them but plant-based style as well yeah 100 percent. there's definitely lots of scandinavian influences there um there's my grandma's sponge cake uh that she used to make <laughs> what i wanted to talk to you about because i've got a friend who's um who's swedish um and she introduced me to the swedish sandwich cake oh. and i was like are you mad it's so good <laughs> she she described it to me once when we were in the pub and i was like i don't i don't know what you mean don't know what you mean monica and then and then um she, she got a picture of it and i was like it's crazy can you describe it for people because it is pretty bonkers oh my god it's so good so i've got a swedish sandwich cake in the book of course uh <laughs> which is a homage to my grandmother uh it's basically sandwich bread that you layer with different flavors so traditionally those would be with sort of oak cream mayonnaise uh cream cheese seafood and charcuterie whereas mm. I flavor mine with, um, you've got um, beetroot hummus and a spinach hummus layered through. And then you can put things like uh, beetroot slices, uh, capers for saltiness, gherkins. You can put smoked tofu. So it's like a massive sandwich. <laughs> But in cake format. And it's then more you, decorative, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly. It's, and then you cover yeah. it with an icing, but instead of icing, it's either a mayonnaise based uh, cream, so to speak, or a cream cheese. And then you decorate it with lots of beautiful uh, baby gem, uh, avocado, 
lemon slices, baby tomatoes, and sort of celebrate whatever season you're in. And when you slice it, you get lovely sort of rainbow colors. And and it's like eating a, a, a big sandwich, but a very beautiful one uh, made as a cake. Stick around for more plant-based chat from Bettina. If you are doing things like puddings and desserts, because obviously people's head goes straight to like cream or milk chocolate or whatever. How do you approach that as a a sort of celebration puddings? Um, Gosh, there's quite a lot of indulgent ones. Um, So there's a chocolate mousse where I use, I use peanut butter and uh, coconut cream Mm. as my base. Mm. And there's some orange um, through that as well. Um, Custard. I do these custard parcels with maple and pistachios. So they're all sort of custard enveloped little parcels um, Mm. in uh, phyllo pastry. So it's nice and crispy and then it oozes out warm custard. Gorgeous. How do you get the custard flavor without using eggs? and? So uh, just by using custard powder, actually, which doesn't contain eggs. (laughs) So Um, what, like a normal, so you can just add plant milk to it you can just add plant milk to it and what i like to do is i add a tiny pinch of um turmeric just for color yeah and then vanilla is your best friend here so proper vanilla pod um and you can sort of you can you can add uh caster sugar or if you want to be slightly um you can use uh, maple syrup as well or brown sugar Mm. depends on on your preferences but yeah super easy I love that. And I I had no idea. I'm thinking of it now because when I was little, we used to make bird's custard and it is probably, I remember like making the mix and it's, it's quite cornflour heavy, isn't it? So it probably is cornflour plus, um, some kind of flavorings plus colorings. So it's vegan. I love, I love it when we find a new vegan product that you never think was vegan, like puff pastry, for example, yes. which most are vegan. So people can, you know, make their own. That's fantastic. Um, I wanted to ask you finally, because um, I saw that you'd written something about this on, on your website, um, about, we hear a lot about vegan trends. Is there anything that coming up that you think is going to be, you know, really hot this year um, mm. and plant-based? And is there anything that you think is ridiculous and is just not going to happen, even though they're trying to make it happen? Um, what is coming up? You know what? I think... I think it's really interesting um, in sort of in in different cultures. There's a lot of natural, naturally vegan dishes, and I can definitely see that that's coming up now. And there's so many people that have started cooking online, especially in the last eighteen months. So I can see from a cultural perspective there's a lot more going on than 18 months ago and which is really inspiring um to see so many people from around the world cooking more and and professionals that obviously haven't been able to work because of the situation that we've been in but have started cooking from home and online um so with that happening there's also lots of uh, interesting trends (laughs) (laughs) uh that I don't know. I I see new things all the time. Do you? Yeah. 
And, you know, some of it's just like completely bonkers and and yeah. some of it is absolutely absolutely brilliant yeah i guess it's like in at the end of the day the people you know have the power so what sticks sticks doesn't it you know things that stick around are because people try it they like it and they keep on keep on um cooking it yeah 100% and also you know there's there's something for everyone even if if i'm not sort of into that particular trend there'll be somebody that thinks it's absolutely brilliant so it's it's quite nice that there's something out there for for every single taste now more so than ever I think. I, I also think it's really nice that um, there's been such a trend in in things uh, moving towards more simplistic type of cooking like sourdough and fermentation and that's really gotten an arena and I'm quite excited to see where where that goes um, because that's definitely something that's that's growing brilliant well thank you so much for coming to chat to us today Bettina and if people want to get your book again it's called celebrate plant-based recipes for every occasion by Bettina Campolucci Bordi um and they can also find you online at bettinaskitchen.com yes is that correct good got it right um but yeah and we're going to do a separate episode where we're going to talk have a little deep dive into one of your um brilliant recipes from the book but um thanks again for coming to chat to us today thank you so much for having me thanks for listening to the olive magazine podcast for more information on things we talked about in this episode and to check out our back catalogue of over 200 episodes head to olivemagazine.com 